3: Hey, thanks for listening to the Cavino & Rich podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 5 to 7 Eastern, 2 to 4 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Cavino & Rich at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. All
4: right. Friday is here, Labor Day weekend. People already starting their weekends. You know they're on the road. Aaron, people were hitting the road last night, and boy, did they miss a doozy in Minneapolis between Nebraska and Minnesota. We get to that and so much more as we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And I think that Arizona State game Ended like 14 minutes ago. I, I'm i not sure, Aaron, if that was the case or not.
1: I uh, I was up doing work, and at 1045, they said at like 1015 Pacific, which would be 115 Eastern, they're like, we'll have an update in a half an hour. I happened to be up a half hour later. There was no update. And I was like, yeah, I, I wish these Sun Devils nothing but the best. I mean – to be rude they're not playing in a bowl game anyway this year so I mean you know we really have to pay that close attention so congrats to whoever won that game at whatever time I, I I was fast asleep by then
4: it was Arizona State they did prevail got a little close at the end but the reason I know this is because I sent a tweet out right after the uh kind of the delay ended and it went viral I mean it went it went viral last night Aaron it got one like. Oh, that's how. Yeah, that's how, <laughs> that's how crazy. Late it was. <laughs> that, that, I said that the uh, that Arizona State may be bowl eligible again by the time that the game started. You know, uh, I, you
1: I get, was thinking of a clever quip like that myself. Uh, uh, Eric, by the way, on fire last night was. with your
4: Spectrum cable. Tweet. Oh my
1: goodness! I, you know, listen. You know, mental health is a very sensitive subject. My wife works in the field. I had a little bit of a breakdown last night. I mean, I, you know, and, and listen. I know this is out of our control and all that, but uh, you know, you you you, to, you wait all year for this moment, Dan. I I know it was Week Zero last week, whatever, but this was the week that it was like, okay, and then you get a little tiny glimpse of Fowler and Herb Street, and you know it's time. And then you flip over, and you got Gus and Joel, and you're so fired up, and it's going to be a split screen kind of night. And then I flip black, and I fit. I flip back, and the screen is black. Um, and I went off from there. I went <laughs> off from there. It wasn't good.
4: It was. They bad. gave you that taste, Jason Stewart. Were you a, a victim of this at all, or not? No, the opposite. Um, Ooh. I wanted. I want to point out the juxtaposition. Remember, I sent you guys on the group text yep. a screenshot of my quad box on my YouTube TV that I've had since 2018. Yeah. So, um, Spectrum didn't offer ESPN to any of its customers last night, and then YouTube TV offered the
1: quad box. So that's sure. the juxtaposition of what happened last night.
4: Yeah. Here's, the, here's the great thing about Jason's quad box, though. It was you had the Nebraska game. You had the Kent State UCF game. You had ACC Network, and you had CBS Sports, but you didn't have the ESPN game. Yeah. maybe then maybe then the utah florida game but you still had the quad box
0: yes yeah. and i think you could choose different quad boxes that's okay. that's that's how oh, dynamic wow.
4: youtube tv is guys
1: i don't know if you had this tweet in the draft stand but uh you know that might have been a good night it might have been a good night for florida to have that game blacked out because uh i did find an illegal stream it was not pretty from what i saw uh, no so. it, there was it a was reason not. it wasn't in jason's quad box let me put it that way
4: John, do you have the quad box? John Ramos. I do not. Last
5: night for college football, I had the zero box, <laughs> which would be no games. Watched. I was watching Dodger baseball.
4: John though. Ramos, not caring about college football not as yet. a tradition, unlike any other. He once did.
1: He once did <laughs> oh, yeah. a long when I was time 15. ago. He once did when he tagged every single stadium in America on one yeah. tweet. I yes. remember that. already? Yeah. Yes. It was like Air Force Stadium. Yes. Like, was it? And I think he got one like on that tweet too. So. <laughs> no,
4: that is not true. Did, did you you ranked your favorite college football stadium? Yes. What was Without it ever going one? to like eighty percent of them, I think the Rose Bowl may have been like number one because you had been to that yes, one. But. And
5: I'd been to Air Force Academy's football stadium because in Colorado <laughs> Springs, right.
4: right? That's right. That was great. And there. Aaron, if you remember, I think in that in that he tagged not only. The, air force academy yes <laughs> he tagged the football program right yes, Take the athletic department he tagged the actual stadium i yeah. tagged
5: everybody as many yeah. tags that you put on x twitter uh, i did
4: zero zero back from colorado springs they didn't like nothing me. Was, at all nope. from that i remember this vividly such a such a shame and it but, was like uh,
1: what else are you ever going to get a shout out for you know air force football on a national race no disrespect intended but you know we know we know what butters our bread here it isn't air force football i can tell you that much
4: that's true uh af stands for something different now in john's mind because air force <laughs> yeah.
5: air force way, shunned him they did but i still love that stadium it's so beautiful and Co- colorado springs right off the you, freeway it's beautiful man when
1: was the
4: last time you were there
5: uh 2018 okay All yeah it's right. so- And what is your affiliation with Colorado
1: Springs? I'm sorry. Uh,
5: There's no affiliation with Colorado Springs. The affiliation is with Colorado. My mom was born in Colorado. Colorado. So we take a couple of yearly trips to Colorado for family stuff.
4: Okay. Yeah. Actually, that's a lie. John just likes the song. Rockin' Mountain High. (laughs) Colorado. Uh, Colorado, uh, one of the schools that actually set off the craziness. Or continued the craziness of college realignment. And we had more of it. Today, where the ACC grew by three schools Cal, Stanford, and SMU voted in and will now be members of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Aaron Torres, it was a deal that I didn't think would happen. NC State, apparently the one that folded and allowed the vote that was needed to get those three schools in the league. Two, uh, their vote was now in favor, as previously it was not in favor. So NC State, the one kind of to pull the trigger on this deal. But now you have three new members of the Atlantic Coast Conference.
1: Yeah, I mean, you said it. You didn't think it was going to get done. I'll be honest, you know, again, being up late last night for the, uh, you know, for football and doing some 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 stuff, uh, I saw this. Head, I, it, it happened early. It happened like 8.05 Eastern, like 5.05 Pacific, I think was when the the Pete Thamel or whoever broke the story tweet went out, and I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I, I did wake up, I did see it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll catch up with this later," because I, I didn't think it was gonna happen, but it also wasn't totally shocking either. This has been in the news for weeks, Dan, um, and we could get into why this happened, whether wh- whether it makes sense or not. It was all over money, and, and and there's a lot of layers to that. But I, it wasn't. It was surprising. But it wasn't that surprising, and this just speaks to the state of college sports in 2023, man. It really to, does. It, to me,
4: it was it was surprising because the reason that these schools are being added, really, in my mind, Aaron, are to appease the schools that didn't want them in in the first place. Yep. Like this is this is the backwards thing about it. Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and we thought NC State uh, at the time were frustrated with the amount of money that they were getting from the ACC because they just feel that they've they pulled more weight, specifically Clemson, Florida State, and North Carolina. I think it's why those three schools still abstain to this addition. So now you bring in Cal and Stanford um, at, a, at a lower rate, even though you're getting more TV money, and SMU's coming in with taking no money at all from that mm-hmm. for, what, nine years is what I think Ross Dellinger said. And so the, the, these moves are being made, To appease Florida State, North Carolina, and Clemson, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the TV show Survivor. That there's always someone on the bottom. And you can have an alliance of seven, but someone in that seven is the last one in that group. And so when it gets down to seven, that one is going to to move and move away. And it felt like that was, I, I don't know if that was the case with NC state. I don't know if NC state felt the money that was coming in from Cal and, and Stanford and SMU and that they'd get from the, you know, from the TV contracts would be good enough for NC state, but maybe just wouldn't satisfy the, the other three schools. But it just, I felt like it was, it was almost a game of survivor where now NC state has decided to jump the Alliance because it's better for them, and now Florida State comes into and North Carolina. I don't think they're hung out to dry. I still think they hold a lot of the cards in the conference, but I just don't think this move does anything for the ACC.
1: Well, I mean, it does a little bit for the ACC, uh, a very little bit. Most notably, uh, they, uh, you know, uh, the well for the ACC's perspective. I mean, um, I think what it does is, I think it. Uh, let me let me. I'm going I'm gonna even backtrack and start from the beginning. So you okay. said it does nothing for the ACC. And I tend to agree. I tend to agree with that part. I, I thought you were talking about the the TV partners, which now have a little bit of a West Coast presence. I think they're happy with that. From the ACC's perspective, though, I agree with you because it's exactly what you said. It ultimately doesn't appease Florida State. Florida State will get a little bit more money because, as you said, uh, Stanford and Cal and SMU are going to take less money to come in. But ultimately, this isn't going to stop Florida State from trying whatever it can to get out of this conference. And you know how I know that Florida State isn't happy about this? Because their school president released a statement this morning saying, we did not vote in approval of this. And uh, I thought it was interesting. You know, A lot of people who cover college football, college sports full-time said this, but it's true, is that whenever you have these expansion things, um, whether there's consternation behind the scenes or not, everybody presents a united front. It was clear when Texas and Oklahoma came to the SEC that Texas A&M at first did not want it, and there were probably other schools in their camp. But eventually, Texas A&M signed off, and it was a whatever it would have been, 14 to nothing vote uh, in favor of bringing those schools in. The fact that you not only had three dissenting votes, but you had North Carolina last night saying they weren't in favor of this. You had Florida State today saying they're not in favor of it. I agree with you in that it doesn't really help the ACC because it's not going to stop their most valuable schools from trying to do whatever they can to get out and i don't think that story is going to change here in the coming uh months and years as florida state and again at north carolina and a couple of these other schools try to find a way out of this league.
4: and without those three schools their league isn't what it is and that's exactly. the, that's their that's the, the whole issue with those those three schools and that's why i think in their mind it looked great that hey, we're providing more money for our institutions but if you don't have those three schools you likely aren't going to exist. And it was the reason why I I just, I didn't feel that you needed to, if, if that was the only way that they could get money to get the added revenue that they wanted to give to the schools, then I understand that that was their only option. But it didn't make sense to me. It felt, and this is a message that has come from Florida State and has come from Clemson of, figure out us before you figure out them. And I think that, the ACC is thinking they're obviously looking out for themselves as a league, um, but they're they're trying to serve all parties, and they needed to figure out a way to make Clemson and Florida State happy. And if they weren't happy with this, then they should have recognized that they weren't happy with this. I, I again, nothing. We've had these conversations over the last few weeks. Nothing in my mind has changed the fact that this conference is not going to exist in a little over a decade. I think I just I, I don't if, if it has to be the waiting game until these grant of rights, you know, expires, Aaron, mm-hmm. then that's the case. But I it, if and if that's worst case scenario, that's worst case scenario. But I just I don't see what this move has done, except for Cal and Stanford to say, hey, we've landed somewhere. And SMU is taking such a deal where I, I get you know why wouldn't they of course now they're now they're in the, the in the big boys group but the question is for how long are they in the big boys group so it just to me is just it doesn't make a lot of sense and there had to be a different way. I don't know what that other way is maybe it's just to stay status quo and let Cal and Stanford figure it out with Oregon State and Washington State. I just know that this solution is just not the long term fix to save the ACC. And I think that should have been the ultimate goal. So that was not accomplished by these sides.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, the thought process is hey, you know, the league is making more money, and SMU, Cal, and Stanford have decided to take either less or, in the case of SMU, none. And so that money will help, you know, again, calm assuage whatever you want to say Florida State and the the schools that matter it isn't though because again two of the three schools that voted against it publicly acknowledge we do not want this and I don't think it's going to stop them from trying to get out of this contract and get out of this league as soon as they possibly can so I'm with you and you know first of all you know I mean I don't want to say I feel bad for Cal and Stanford because they haven't tried like I I feel bad for SMU though to a degree because again this is their shot and it feels like ultimately they're going to get left behind like everybody else so it's going to be interesting it's going to be like you said just an interesting decade really to kind of follow this narrative because it isn't going to change this isn't going to keep everybody happy and at some point There's four, five, six schools. I hate to say this. I I really do hate to say this because I'm sure we're, we're being listened to across the country, and I'm sorry to a Georgia Tech fan. I'm sorry to a Boston College fan. I'm sorry to whoever. But there's four or five schools that ultimately matter in the grand scheme of college sports. And they are trying to get out of the ACC, and they will eventually get out of the ACC, and SMU isn't going to keep them there, Stanford isn't going to keep them there, Cal isn't going to keep them there. Maybe it keeps them there through the end of this TV contract, the end of this grant of rights, but they're ultimately going to be gone, and those same schools, I believe, and I think you believe, too, are ultimately going to get left behind.
4: Yeah, it's funny, too, because I think Notre Dame has a lot of power in this, and it seemed like them and Stanford you know, working together and allowing this to – To happen because then Stanford reaches out to Cal and and if I'm Florida State and I'm Clemson, um, I understand Notre Dame's role completely, hundred percent. But again, now you're letting you're letting Notre Dame dictate the terms of your league instead of
1: play football with you. I mean, yeah, Florida State
4: games, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that, that would that would tick me off. And you know, the SMU, I don't feel bad for SMU because SMU, listen, they, they wanted to go to the Super Bowl. They got in standing room only. Like sure, that, that's sure, what sure, it is. You know, like they're they're in. They're fine. Guess what? You're in the you're in the arena. It's just a matter of how long will it last. The crazy nature of these last couple of months to me is also Aaron taking on a different tone of what we had in expansion thousand percent and, and why this is different. So like when Maryland jumps from the ACC to the Big Ten, Maryland was a valued commodity to the ACC. Even you know, Nebraska from the from the Big Twelve to the Big Ten, valued commodity. Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah. Yeah, Texas AM, you know, valued commodity. Texas and Oklahoma the biggest dogs in all of this. These latest moves are leftovers. Yep. You know, and that and that's all it is. And they're only leftovers are only good for 24 hours. Yeah. That's 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 what it is. And and so once this kind of settles in. You're going to find out that there are more cracks in the foundation. That this is not going to work. You needed to take valued commodities, and um, not just what's left. And that's hey to to the the Big Ten and just taking Oregon and Washington for no apparent reason whatsoever, except to just seemingly to take them. That even kind of was was a weird move. So just the the value. It just seems like schools taking over leftovers this really changed this realignment over the last 2 months.
1: Yeah, no, I agree and I I think, you know, again, I it's exactly what you just said. I I don't I don't mean to um to just repeat what you said, but but that this one just feels different. Like the 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 previous ones, um I think all of those conferences, even the Big 12, now you could say Arizona State's this, Colorado's that, but they were doing it I believe in their opinions from an area of strength. Hey, we could take four schools, we could kill off the Pac-12 whatever. Obviously the same with the USC, UCLA, then Oregon, Sta- uh, Oregon, Washington, and of course, uh, Texas and Oklahoma. This just feels like desperation. This just feels like we're trying, essentially exactly what you just said, we're trying to do whatever we can to appease the two or three schools that we know matter, and again, I know we're going over ground that we've gone over the last 10, 12 minutes here, but it's not going to appease Florida State. It's not going to appease North Carolina. It's not going to appease Clemson. And it's not going to stop them from trying to get out of this league as soon as they can.
4: Nick Cope is at the news desk. What's going on, Nick?
1: Hey, guys.
6: I I, I was thinking about this from a, a different angle. I'm not sure this was done to appease those schools at all. I, I, I might think and argue that they did this knowing that those schools want out and perhaps will find a way out in the coming years and this is about their future survival and having strength in numbers kind of like the big 12 and how they rounded up schools after their marquee programs Texas and Oklahoma left I saw this as maybe them trying to secure their future and grab what they could out west try to provide some stability you know they they appease Notre Dame and their wishes knowing in the back of their minds that Florida State and Clemson especially they want to jump ship to the SEC as soon as possible
4: I think that's a I think that's a fair assumption the the problem that I have with it it's I don't have a problem with anything that Nick said I think that Nick is right is I think that the ACC misjudges who they are you I think you could make the argument that the big 12 has actually been the better conference of of the two between the big 12 and the ACC over the last few seasons and so now the big 12 sitting there kind of in that three spot. And if you're the ACC and you lose these big dogs, I mean, not only is it Florida State and Clemson, like we've talked about North Carolina being the apple of the eye of both the SEC and both the big 10, like, you know, like to, to have North Carolina go to one of those leagues is going to be a huge deal. I just don't know what you would have left then. And again, that then to the point kind of goes back to the pac 12 in trying to save the league without, helping their own institutions and that's what i see could be happening to the acc
1: yeah that's my kind of takeaway too is i agree with nick but you're trying to backfill in case of emergency but you're not replacing one with the other in the same way that yeah the big 12 added houston and cincinnati etc after texas and oklahoma but they're not texas and oklahoma the league doesn't have the same value. I don't disagree with what you said. I do think fundamentally, even if that's the thought process, my argument is, yeah, but it's still not Florida State and Clemson, and the league is still not going to be the same if and when those schools ultimately leave. Again, the same way with the with the Big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma.
4: I know we have to take a break, and I just I want to say this, though. If-
0: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents
3: Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. Traveling to see your favorite team this winter? You have to stay at Graduate Hotels. They're obsessed with college sports just like us. Each Graduate Hotel is a shrine to its hometown and local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, nods to campus legends, school colors, mascots, you name it. Why would we stay anywhere else? Graduate Hotels is the perfect spot for the next time you go see a game and need somewhere to crash. They have over 30 hotels coast-to-coast, down south, and all over the Midwest. So odds are there's one where you're going, especially for games and the big conferences. You can check out all of Graduates' locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book, get up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. That's code CRSHOW at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. So go book your stay now at graduatehotels.com.
4: It seems to me that the conferences who feel like they need to save the whole conference, like the Pac-12 tried to do, ended up costing schools in that league. Where if you just take care of the big dogs, you just take care of the ones that you need to Everybody will kind of be like SMU, Aaron, where they'll be like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll stay. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. hang out. And, and, that, and that's why Washington State and Oregon State got screwed is because Oregon and Washington didn't feel like they were being taken care of, you know, of enough. Or UCLA and USC didn't feel that same way going back even further. And then it ends up costing everyone down the line. So you want to have this nice, you know, rah-rah conference. We'll be all together. But if you don't take care of the top of your conference, the bottom of your conference is going to feel it. He's
0: Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
4: It's Camino and Rich here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer sitting in for the guys on this Friday. If you've already left for Labor Day weekend, please be safe. Uh, please have a great weekend. Enjoy college football. And you can hang out with us all weekend long. We'll be here for you on Fox Sports Radio as we are live from the tire rack.com studios. Uh, talking college realignment. I want to talk about the action that happened last night in college football. I know you had something to say after I made that point. We had to run quick, Aaron, but did you want to add anything that we needed to know from the ACC expansion today as Cal Stanford and SMU are now going to be a part of that league.
1: I'll be honest this is going to sound terrible. I don't really remember how we wrapped the conversation. I know all right. I know Nick brought up the point about this is more of a backfill um you know yeah. in, when these schools ultimately do leave. But no, nah, I mean I think we got the gist of it out is I I think the main point is this just feels so different of all these other ones because all these other ones I agree with you they have felt like We're strengthening even even the Big 12. Like I said, I think they believe in their heart of hearts between Utah football, Arizona basketball and Deion Sanders at Colorado, who I know we'll talk about later, that they felt like they are strengthening what they're doing. A, the ACC just feels like it's this weird conglomerate that's about survival. I mean, Nick on, on Doug Gottlieb show. I just heard him talking about you know they may be playing neutral site stuff in Dallas to kind of help with. It's like it it just it doesn't even make sense. No, and, and so it, I I think it's you know I think it's a sad reality of where we are in college sports. Um, I know we I'm not. Live in,
4: and we live in Southern California, and I've flown to Dallas not- multiple times you have as well of course it's not a short flight no so it's not like hey you know we'll be there in just a little bit like it's totally different and and I know listen I know Miami to Boston isn't you know an easy flight either however it's not just like even though it's halfway doesn't mean that it's great it just means less than what it could have been mm-hmm. so
1: no, yeah. and I'll go back to. I, I remember, you know, when my alma mater, UConn, was in the AAC, and I remember talking to people there at that time, and it was like, it just wears on you by the end of the year. is like, you know, at that point, they were flying to Houston to play Houston, and Dallas, ironically, to play SMU, and New Orleans to play Tulane. And. Everybody's going to say all the right things, and we have the you know the nutrition, and we're going to talk to sleep. You know, like I've read all that with the USC and UCLA. Well, we've talked to sleep experts and this and that, and it's not going to be as bad as you think. It's like it just wears on you after a while. Um, and and I I think my only real thought on this whole thing is. Um, and it's not an original thought, but I, I wish we could just fast forward to the finish line and figure out what this looks like. Does college football yeah. somehow break off from everything else? You know, I, I'll really quickly, um, you know, reference Nick here again because I think uh, Chip Kelly, who Nick works with closely at UCLA, I, I thought he said it best two or three weeks ago. He said, Notre Dame is independent in football and they are in the ACC, a logical geographic conference for everything else. He said, We should all be independent in football and everything else should kind of figure itself out kind of geographically. And so, again, we know why this is happening. It's about money. It's about survival. It's about those three schools taking less money, but it's just, it's not going to work full time. It's not going to work forever. And at some point, I think outside of football, we'll have to scale back to stuff more regional, if that makes sense.
4: Yeah. I just, and and I'm going to go to Nick in 60 seconds. He'll give us the latest of what's happening today. The reason why USC and UCLA left the Pac-12 is because they felt they weren't getting taken care of by the Pac-12. The reason Oklahoma and Texas left the Big 12 for the SEC is they felt there was more there for them in the SEC than there was in the Big 12. You have to take care of your top dogs. And that's what I think the ACC is playing with fire when you're not taking care of Florida State, Clemson, and North Carolina. And when they're voting against this, you have to listen to them and – Figure out a way to put more money in those schools' pockets. And I would say this, Aaron. If the Big Ten, if Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State were like, we're going to go to the SEC. That would change an entire league, like 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 we're it, it, and it's not going to happen. But you know, we put the Big Ten up with the SEC or vice versa. You know, like you know Alabama, Florida, and Georgia. Like we're going to go to the Big Ten. That changes a lot with the SEC. Maybe not as much as it would for the Big Twelve and the ACC in these leagues. But those would be really really big moves. And you you got to take care of the top guys, and those leagues didn't. And that's why we are where we are today.
1: Well, and my last little thought on this is. I am curious if that ends up – like, at some point, right, because everyone's like, oh, you know, well, the, the money in the SEC and the Big Ten is so good and blah, blah, blah. It's like, at some point it isn't. And I do wonder if that is the next iteration where Ohio State just says exactly what you said last segment, is Rutgers, you can either take less or you're gone. Or maybe it's not you can take less. Maybe it's just we want more for ourselves, you got to go. like, Because that that's where I think it's going. Is I, I don't know if you'd call it contraction or what – But at some point, uh, you know, everybody's making enough money now in the Big Ten and the SEC, but at some point, Ohio State's going to be like, Rutgers, you you don't belong here. Like, Vanderbilt, sorry, you don't belong here. Alabama or LSU is going to say it to them. So, like I said, I don't know how this ends or when it ends, but it feels like we're in this weird middle ground. And I'll tell you, man, starting next year, it is going to be so weird. (laughs) You know, you turn on a, a Monday night ACC game, and it's, you know, Miami versus Cal or whatever. It's just... It's just a weird, weird time for college sports.
4: Yeah. We may not have a Pac-12. We're probably not going to have a Pac-12. You know? Like, I mean, you know, I know there's, there's questions about the names and what you can do with the leagues or whatever, but, yeah, absolutely absurd. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code CRSHOW for a special offer when you sign up. That's code CRSHOW only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Quick question, Nick. Yes. When Mike Evans set his deadline, did he say the buck stops here? (laughs) (laughs)
6: <laughs> <laughs> he didn't I, I missed he opportunity though
4: he, they're like okay he sitting okay. on a platter they're like when are you going to set the deadline and he's putting his finger over the calendar and then he stopped and he goes the buck stops here and he put that date down <laughs> is that's it, what I would have
1: done is it fair to say that Baker won't cook without him if he's not available? Or. No, that wasn't as good. That wasn't as good. I tried. I tried to be in the mix there. But John Ramos
4: is here, ladies and gentlemen.
5: No, just quick question. I don't understand why MLB would even think about not continuing something they did the entire season. That would that would be so backwards. Like, you know that stuff we did all year where you guys had to pitch really fast? Ah,
4: forget about it during the playoffs. We're good. They like, should do the opposite. It should be a nine minute pitch clock. <laughs> and the bases should be four inches where you can't find them.
3: <laughs> Everything <laughs> shrieks. <laughs> <laughs> try oh trying to change
4: things up manfred has gone mad. Uh, this show is <laughs> brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. He is Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. We are in for Cavino and Rich live from the Tyrec.com studios. Aaron and I have to weigh in on what happened last night in college football because it was a crazy night. We'll finally get to do that next year on Fox Sports Radio.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80.
3: Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. Traveling to see your favorite team this winter? You have to stay at Graduate Hotels. They're obsessed with college sports just like us. Each Graduate Hotel is a shrine to its hometown and local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, nods to campus legends, school colors, mascots, you name it. Why would we stay anywhere else? Graduate Hotels is the perfect spot for the next time you go see a game and need somewhere to crash. They have over 30 hotels coast-to-coast, down south, and all over the Midwest. So odds are there's one where you're going, especially for games and the big conferences. You can check out all of Graduates' locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book, get up to 30% off your stay with code CRSHOW. That's C-R-S-H-O-W. That's code CRSHOW at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. So go book your stay now at graduatehotels.com.
4: Oh, Colorado. It's all that everybody's talking about in college football. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Byer. It's Camino and Rich here on Fox Sports Radio. Filling, uh, Filling in for the guys today. Dion and his Colorado Buffaloes going to TCU. Big noon kickoff there as well as the Dion Sanders era with the Buffaloes gets going on the road tomorrow. They'll be in Fort Worth taking on the Horned Frogs. Today's show is brought to you by Chalk. Testosterone levels are at an all-time low. Chalk is the new champion of natural T-boosters. Chalk boosts testosterone 20% in 90 days. Chalk is giving 35% off with code CRSHOW. That's choq.com, code show. So while the Buffs play tomorrow, we can uh, get talking to that. I do want to take a look back at last night. Utah just handled Florida, Aaron. Mm-hmm. And this, I'm watching this, and again, Cam Rising didn't play for Utah. Still trying to come back from that torn ACL. But I said to myself, I go, I I don't know if there is a there is a school that is outside of the conference uh, where my loyalties lie that I cheer against more than Florida. And so to see Florida and I think it's all because of 2006 to 2008 football and basketball for how much they dominated and the domination that they had. I uh, I enjoyed every second of it. And I do not feel bad for Florida. But boy, uh, have things changed in Gainesville over the last decade.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing besides, like, first of all, they, they don't even look like Florida. Like, it, it, they're they're slow, they're unathletic, and this is really, I think, an extension of the last two years. I mean, it really fell apart under Dan Mullen two years ago, but I remember watching the Gators last year, and I was texting a buddy who was a Gators alum, and I said, this was last year, I said, I think this is the least talented Florida team that I've ever seen. They went 6-7 and seven a year ago, and – they basically lost all the good players off of that team, most notably the number 1 uh, number 3 overall pick, excuse me, Anthony Richardson. So, it's really bleak, and I think the thing from Utah's perspective, I don't think a lot of people realize, it wasn't just Cam Rising that didn't play. They didn't have a tight end who's an all-pack 12 guy. Their best defensive lineman was out, this is Utah I'm talking about. The their best defensive lineman was out with an injury, and their best linebacker got hurt like on the second series and I don't believe he returned to the game. So, if you're Florida, I was talking to somebody about this today. Uh, I I don't like I'm not being facetious when I say this. I don't think there's based on what I saw last night. I don't think there's a single SEC game that you can sit there and say, okay, that's a definitive win. Because even Vanderbilt, they lost to Vanderbilt last year. And based on what I saw, Florida doesn't look better than they were last year. So it's bleak. It's weird. And I don't think Florida should ever be this bad. But it looked really bad last night.
4: I saw it on social media. I thought the same thing. How does Graham Mertz have Tim Tebow's number? How does anybody have Tim too. Tebow's number? I didn't.
1: What? I didn't see. I didn't see that tweet. But again, because I have Charter i or Spectrum, <laughs> I, I didn't pick up on that till probably the third quarter. I was like, Graham Mertz. You know how like when, when you have a bad practice, they take away the practice gear, and you have to earn. You, you know, like Coach K used to do. You, you have to earn the shirt that says Duke Basketball on it. Like, Graham Murch should have to win a game or two before they just bestow him number 15. Like, what are we doing here, Florida? I mean, I, I noticed that, too. I didn't see anybody tweet about it. I'm not surprised that I missed it. I missed a lot last night, thanks to Spectrum. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I noticed that as well.
4: To, to, just to put this into perspective, and I think this is actually the perfect way to to kind of wrap this all up, the topic of conversation that we had in the first three quarters of this show when we started at the top of the hour was about the acc the addition of cal stanford and smu what it means for florida state clemson north carolina and the other schools a lot of discussion there and the point is is there is a grant of rights deal that is locked in through 2036 that is 13 years from now 14 years ago aaron i went to a game at rice echo stadium in salt lake utah took on louisville Utah was in the Mountain West. Louisville was in Conference USA. And not only that, it was a big time opponent for Utah to play in a non-conference game. Like this was like so so you take that that was that was 14 years ago. I remember me and my buddy, I was in town at local radio station, kind enough to hook us up with some tickets. Went there, enjoyed the game, but that's where Utah was at the time. That's where Louisville was at the time. That's where the Mountain West was. That's where Conference USA was. Now when you look at what happened last night, you had an SEC team traveling to Salt Lake against a Pac-12, soon-to-be Big 12 school and be dominated by that school. So you want to talk about like how things change and how things could change in the next 13 years while the ACC is locked into their deal. I thought it was a perfect example of just how how such a different world it was, and this was a Utah sc- program, by the way, you know that was very, very good at the time. You know they, they, you know, upset Alabama in a Sugar Bowl. So there was, you know, there was all that with it, Aaron. But to see how much changed since then, and now at the ACC, going to have to deal with for the next thirteen years, absolutely mind blowing.
1: Well, I mean, just look at the simple facts. So what year was that? Like two thousand five,
4: two thousand six, two thousand nine. Or- okay, or, or, yeah, two thousand nine. So.
1: So I bring it up because who was Utah's coach at that time? Kyle Whittingham. Who did he take over for? Urban Meyer. Where did he go? University of Florida. Well, fast forward, who was the better coach team? Who was the better prepared team? Who was the more talented team? I, I know you're talking about it from Utah's perspective, but I'm talking about how it can go sideways for a school like Florida as well. So it's fascinating to think about where a program like Utah was. And by the way, to your point about where how quickly things can change in college sports, um, because Utah looked like the better program, the better coach team, basically the better everything last night. Uh, and that's a Florida team that's won multiple championships this, this century. It, it was wild to watch last night. And,
4: really. and we, talked, we talked a lot of different branches of expansion, and I don't think that we talked the avenue of what Utah did. A school, a program, an athletic department that was ready to go to the next level and then took it to the next level. Maybe when they first came into the Pac-12, maybe they weren't necessarily quite ready. To do it on a year in and year out basis, and now you look at what they've done, football program wise, uh, you know specifically, I mean, <laughs> be hard to argue, you know. I, I mean, you know, right right now they're the back to back Rose Bowls, you know. So, mm-hmm. so would you talk about like different ways and how programs can help leagues and hurt leagues? There isn't a Utah going to the Pac-12 and the Cal Stanford uh, SMU thing. Well, sorry, it's just not going to happen.
1: And the Utah, y- you know, Utah being like the 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 cell for the for the Big Twelve. They're the school that you want. Uh, it shows how far again, how far a program can come in a short amount of time.
4: He's Aaron Torres. Find him on social media at Aaron underscore Torres Twitter x however you want to call it. Find me, Dan Beyer, at Dan Beyer on Fox. You can weigh in on the topic. We also want to hear from you. What thing in sports did you know just wasn't going to work out? The ACC may find out that fate soon. That's next here on
0: Covino and Rich on
4: Fox Sports Radio.
0: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
3: As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking?